make this quick. I have a yacht meeting in an hour. Red Bull's secret weapon revealed chaos in the final laps of the race and a shootout in qualifying. This is Into the Chicane, the post-Monaco Grand Prix edition. Welcome, my friend. How are you? Well, uh, we're fresh off the race. We just finished watching. Still trying to uh, let it all sink in of what happened. Uh, but, boy, what a weekend. It was an exciting weekend overall, I, I think. Uh, most of that because of qualifying. Uh, it was a good, pretty epic qualifying, actually, when you think about it. So I'm saying one of the best ever. Um, I can, You could argue that, I think. That's a definitely an argument that could be made. I do think, though, uh, questions are still going to be surrounding Monaco as a race itself after this one because last 20 laps or so, it got nice and wet out there. And even with the chaos that happened with dry tires going on, Dry tires coming off, intermediates going on, intermediates coming off, wet tires going on. You would think that there would be some some more action, some more entertainment, but Monaco said, no, we're Monaco. Uh, it, the field order is going to remain. I up. mean, we'll say this. Amongst the top five, there wasn't a whole lot of action. No. But everywhere else down the field, it was it was, it was quite exciting to watch. I'd it say. was it was okay, I think. It, it could have been better. You had What made it exciting was that there were a couple of drivers who were really, really, absolutely sending it. We'll talk about them here in a little bit. Um, let's get started with uh, practice first. Yeah, so, I mean, I got to say, uh, starting off in practice, it was like Red Bulls were kind of still kind of figuring out mm-hmm. what was going on with their... Uh, they're set up and everything. And, and just from the start, like Alonzo looked just like totally on fire. He's extremely confident, seemed to like really ha- quickly have pace from the very beginning of uh, practice. Mm-hmm. And he, through the, the first two sessions on Friday, it was just like. He was he was all in. <laughs> no, Not to make a pun on, you know, the casino in Monaco, but he was all in on this. He was going for number 33. He had tweeted out that thing. I forget what it was, but the math added up to uh, number 33, so he was hinting that he was really going to go for it in uh, <laughs> in this race. And he could. I mean, he missed out by two-tenths of a second or something. In qualifying. In qualifying. See. Yeah, less than that. Yeah, about Less than two-tenths of a second he missed out on, uh, and it looked like he was going to do it until Max put in a flyer. Let's talk about that in a minute. But um, the big story from from practice, I think, was, A, the Ferraris looked good and they looked like they were going to have a really good weekend. So my prediction for Chuck on pole and to win the race was looking good until, you know, post-qualifying. But also, uh, was it Max or Checo who put it in the wall? It's Checo. In qualifying. In qualifying. Oh, that happened in qualifying, not in the race. Or in practice, I mean. Yeah. Um, So in qualifying, Checo comes flying out of, I don't even know what corner it was. It was one of the last corners, I think, um, because it was near the pit lane exit. Mm-hmm. Or no, it was one of the first corners, sorry, because it was near the pit lane exit. Um, he gets kind of like, I, I guess the best explanation for it is that he was startled by the car coming out of the pit lane because he did not brake. He didn't slow down. He carried way too much speed going into that corner, completely slides out, sends the car flying, hits the wall, full bore, and they had to bring out what I would call one of the most ridiculously sized cranes I've ever seen on an F1 car on an F1 track to pull the car out, giving full vision 
to every other team in attendance, Red Bull's secret weapon, their floorboard arrow for the season. It was hilarious to see. I mean, we saw the exact same thing happen with uh, in just in the the practice session right before this with uh, Lewis yeah. when he went into the wall, and and everybody was laughing at that because this is their the first fir- weekend, the first weekend with this new floor, and so and then it immediately gets revealed to yeah. everybody what they're working with. So, it, it, I think it was a little bit uh, redeeming to to see the Red Bull car in the same predicament. So, yeah, I I, I made this joke on Twitter. I just said over the next few races we're going to see some new teams with some new floor designs. Oh yeah. yeah. Aston Martin is definitely they had some HD 4K cameras oh pointing up God. in the clouds that day. Uh you're going to see them for sure. They have no shame and I I don't fault them for doing it the way that they do it, but they will absolutely go after that same aero design. Yeah, those shots of just the cars floating in the air, some mm-hmm. of my favorite like shots of the whole year so far. <laughs> it's so cool to see that. It was weird how high they had lifted it. It was yeah. like does it really need to go that High up into the air, I yeah. was I was looking at it like, can't you lower that thing? Or do they not have smaller cranes? Is it just the terrain in Monaco that the up and down terrain of that city that you don't have a a smaller crane? It's just yeah. Toto Wolf made a joke that he said the the crane driver was doing a Cirque du Soleil uh, performance. Dude, I think the crane driver was hired by Toto Wolf. You know, shit. No, I guess that wouldn't make sense. Hired by Ferrari and Aston Martin would be a better joke. Um, anyway, so you get to see that, and then in quali, there was a, it was a fucking dogfight. That last, that last couple minutes of Q three. I mean, Q one and Q two were pretty exciting already. Um, Lance Stroll goes out in Q one. Couldn't believe that. I had him on my fantasy team. Really let me down, which I think is starting to become his thing in Monaco. He's never he's never Don't performed well, well yeah. there. Uh, I don't know what was. Because his pr- trouble started early in the weekend, and I wasn't quite sure why. Just no pace. It looks like it's just a track that he struggles at. We'd have to go back and look and see how he does, you know, in Baku. I don't remember where he placed. That might have been when his season started to kind of fall back a little bit. It might be the street tracks that Lance Stroll's struggling with a little bit. Um, but anyways, not a great not a great performance from him. Yuki uh, had a great oh, Q1 yeah. and Q2. He was at the top of the timing charts yeah, he's up for in a little second, bit. Uh, Second there for a little bit. Yeah. yeah, and that was that was Q2 or Q3. Something like that, yeah. Um, can we bring up the quality results yes. real quick? Um, but there in the last few the last few minutes of Q3, uh, you had Esteban Ocon out of nowhere. He kind of like sneaky, had a, a really good qualifying, and he, he got himself into Q3, which isn't, you know, anywhere above his pay grade or his talent levels. It's he was like there just above the cutoff. Yeah, line, he was right? he yeah. was, you know, having a great a good solid quality and then last few minutes just bit his lip and threw it the fuck around those streets and he goes P one. I could not believe and he went purple too. Um and it was looking like we were gonna have this great crazy triumphant pole position start for Esteban Ocon, and then Charles Leclerc right after him. Bam, Leclerc puts it on pole. And then right after Leclerc, Fernando Alonso put it on pole, and everybody was losing their shit. And because when Fernando did it, he gapped like three-tenths on him. Yeah. So it was like a significant advantage. I think some of that was just the, you know, a little more rubber getting down the track. and the Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The track was heating up. You could tell that as as qualies went on, the evolution of the track was really in favor of those cars that could perform at that level. Um, and then 
with no time left on the clock, Max gets his last flyer in, and he was going green. He went green in sectors one and two, and then I think he went purple in sector three. Yeah, that's so where he made was, up all the time. It was right there, and then he just barely eked it out. The shot of the, the Aston Martin mechanics in the garage oh, was, was great. <sighs> just it was a like a matter of, of I mean, them like, clenching their fists, but like with a <sighs> smile on their face, yeah. you know? Because that could have been the race right there. It really those two, have, yeah. other than in the pit stops, those two never shifted. Same with uh, Esteban Ocon. He never lost lost uh, grip on third place except for in the pits, which he did have a long, was it a six-second six pit? No, it was a four-second pit. It's like a 4.2 or something. Yeah. I, uh, one thing I was really surprised to see in qualifying was that Hamilton, up until then, had been, like, so confident. He made co- comments after, like, Friday he was just feeling so good in the car. Everything is, is going great with these new up, updates and everything. And then they must have changed something with the setup for qualifying. And he just wasn't really, he was complaining about his yeah, right rear suspension and stuff. And, and he, you know, didn't have quite nearly the same pace. So I don't know what exactly was going on there. Man, that's, you make too many tweaks. That I, That's the folly of like being under such scrutiny of, of you know, the mechanics of F1. Mm-hmm. Is they I think teams can tend to overthink things, mm-hmm. you know, and then they'll end up just over tweaking it when Lewis himself already said that he was feeling good in the car. Yeah, well, I mean, it's you know, it's physics, right? It's like every right. change you make has an either greater or equal reaction, right? So you change one thing in the front, it's going to affect the rear. Yeah. Right? So it's just it's a very fine line there. But I, you would think that physicist Brandon Wood, <laughs> uh, you'd think that. Uh, just with all the the the, the momentum that he had going into yeah. qualifying, that he would have been a little further up there. But yeah, I mean, I he had a good weekend overall. Um, where did he end up finishing in the race? Uh, fourth, yeah, fourth. yeah. So yeah, solid weekend overall. I mean, if it wasn't for Esteban Ocon, kind of just coming out of nowhere this weekend. Seriously, that that podium spot could have been very easily been loose. Very so. easily, and he was on his ass a little bit. He was only three seconds behind him, but yeah. actually just over two. So. Yeah, the, um, I don't know if we want to get into the race yet, but there's there was a moment where, uh, you know, because there's been a big topic of this year is is who's the number one driver at uh, a <laughs> Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Some people that seem to think it's uh, George Russell. Uh, I mean, that's been the ongoing argument that we've had yeah. on this show with people in our comments. And then at at one point in the race, George Russell thought it was him that he was the that he actually had the pace to go up and uh, try to make a pass on Ocon. Uh huh. And then within a matter of like seven, eight laps. He was seven seconds behind. Seven him, right? seconds behind. Yeah. It's like, what is going on? That's George. He's got the confidence of a lion, but doesn't always. You know, he's still young. He's got time. Yeah. Uh, he, he he is going to be the number one driver, but I've said it time and time again. Right now, it is still Lewis. The team is still focused on doing everything that they can to make Lewis win his world, his eighth world championship. As far out, out of reach as that might seem, he still is number one. Uh, you want to get into the race a little bit more? Yeah, I think, you know, a good place to start is... Uh, well, how about we do this? Uh, the podium ended up being Esteban Ocon, Fernando Alonso in second, his highest position of the year. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Max starting on pole finishes in the same position as as Monaco does. Yeah, and uh, th- there was a couple moments where Carlos, Carlos could have, you know, we were... He was, he was behind Ocon. He mm-hmm. was, you know, maybe not, like, really able to stay on the back of him. 
but uh, Ferrari decided to. Um, well, he when he was pushing, he was trying to push to get Ocon to to you know to make a mistake, make a mistake or whatever. Ends up running into the back of him. Ends up making one himself. Making yeah, making one himself, and then uh, he lost the end plate of his uh, the left end plate of his front wing, or maybe it was the right. I think it was the right plate. side, but either way, and because you don't really need that in Monaco, yeah, it's already. You're not going as high speed. I mean, yeah, so the arrow isn't yeah. as affected. They just, he didn't get black flagged. So they just said, yeah, just the, keep going. Yeah, there was a little piece that was hanging on for dear life, but within like a lap or so, mm-hmm. it fell off. So they, they were able to avoid having to come in and pit like, yeah. immediately. But I mean, that was, that was a funny moment though, because just telling him, like, all right, well, I mean, how, how often do you get to drive with, like prevalent damage to your car and just leave it on. It's oh, there's one track that you can do it at, and it's Monaco. Yeah, you kind of lucked out there. Yeah, um, but you know, and then later on, he they're trying to figure out when when to pit him, and, and they kept doing a bunch of fakes. Bunch yeah, they of faked bump, three bump times. Fakes. Yeah, it was, I thought it counted four, but um, they might have done one for Charles as well. Yeah, um, and trying to get Ocon to go in and pit ahead of him to kind of undercut him a little bit, but it didn't work. Yeah, none of it ever worked. There was also the element that at about the halfway point of the race, there was a 40% chance of rain. So everybody was going long, except for, you know, waiting, waiting, in waiting, the waiting. early going where, you know, you had Checo Perez pitting, doing his one mandatory pit stop early to put on hards to try and go long, which ultimately didn't work out for him. But everybody went pretty long, um, waiting to see what was going to happen weather-wise and, and to see where they were at and try and engage it. Max went something like 57 laps on mediums. Alonzo stretched out a little bit more than that on the mm-hmm. hards. Esteban Ocon probably somewhere in the same window. Yeah, and then um, they ended up waiting till after Ocon pitted. And then uh, Carlos felt like they brought him in at the wrong time. Yeah, they should have been able to undercut him because Ocon's pit was something like I think like I said four point two seconds or something yeah. along those lines. Yeah, and then and then by the time he came out, he was already behind, or was was well behind Ocon, and he he was yeah. on the radio just absolutely fuming like yeah like why I we said I don't want to do this I did not want to do that and you guys still had me go for the you know the worst strategy and he was asking about times he's like so he's like what is uh. What was Charles's time? And there he's doing one seventeen fives, and he's like, "I was doing one sixteen fives. Yeah, why are you making me come in right now? It's like mm. he, uh, yeah, he just, had the pace to keep going on those tires. Yeah, it just shows you really like what's going on behind the scenes. Like there's so much like uh, uh, animosity, I think, between, between driver and between team. the drivers and the strategy team. Like, yeah, both Not drivers only- have complained. There's been a complaint in almost every single race. Yeah. <laughs> this year. Did you notice that you really didn't see the the local kid today? You didn't see much from Charles Leclerc. He kind of stayed pat, but also, like, there wasn't talk about him. The team kind of seemed mostly focused yeah. on Carlos Sainz, I'm, which if you want to talk about, uh, you know, driver pairings and the one-two, it's starting to look like Carlos Sainz is becoming more of a definitive number one I mean, in Ferrari. to be fair, like, we didn't even mention this earlier, but they screwed Charles Oh, his qualifying right. time because he qualified P three. That's right, and then he got a three second penalty. But they never, they didn't warn him that Lando Norris was coming up behind him. So mm-hmm. when Lando's Lando comes up in the tunnel, he gets impeded by Charles, and Charles gets a 
was a three place grid penalty. So he started three plays, not three so seconds. He, yeah. So he started back in sixth. Yeah, that's right. Which kind of, I mean, that ultimately ruined his weekend right there. Pretty There's much, a small yeah. chance that maybe you get into P2 off the line in Monaco. Really, yeah, really, you, really slim you, chance that you're going to get it. Yeah, in you the really got to send it. I mean, there's, I mean, there's almost little to no way you're going to starting grid. He had three to one there. Yeah, he had Lewis and Carlos ahead of him immediately. So it's like, do you put it? You throw it in there in front of Carlos? Like I don't no. know. That's kind of risky. Uh, yeah. Did you notice? Uh, we talked about it while we were watching the race. The lights. That was the quickest light I've ever seen. Well, I think what what happened there was that. Because this, the field was kind of spread out, Checo was pretty far back there. Yeah, and I think they it just took him a while to get to the just the grid. So when he finally did, they were like, "All right, let's go." Yeah, um, it was it was one, two, three. It, they didn't even have time to say lights out and away we go. Mm-hmm. It happened so fast; it was the blink of an eye, and they were gone. And Max's reaction time was great. Fernando had a good reaction, mm-hmm. uh, and Ocon as well. They all had good reactions for how quick that happened. I, psh, it, it caught me by surprise. I'm surprised that you didn't see many other drivers uh, get caught out. Sleeping a little bit, but yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, but yeah, Chuck, man, I forgot about that three place grid penalty. So uh, he, he ended up DNFing uh, Lance Stroll, but do we give him some points for effort today? If ever, if ever we were to give out <laughs> points for just going for it, and fuck it, why not? You're in the back of the pack, the middle of the pack at Monaco, you might as well cause some chaos. And I was here for it for Lance Stroll. He was, him, Checo, and Carlos a little bit himself too. Yeah, were all over the place. Carlos was going so hard on Espino Ocon's ass. That's why he caught damage himself. Uh, Checo was really trying his best to move into the points, which mm. it wasn't happening. But Lance Stroll was just a, a bull in a china shop. Yeah, making some huge lunges. He had that one on the outside early on in uh, lap one. In lap one. Uh, on the little uh, little tight uh, spinner there. Um, the hairpin. A hairpin. Almost trying to go around the outside. <laughs> trying to go the outside of Logan Sargent. Hits Didn't. the wall, bounces back, oh hits somebody else. I think he hit a Haas or something on the on the recoil. But, I mean, that was not that was one of, like, three or four times that he touched. Yeah. I don't even know how many times he touched the wall alone or how many little, you know, taps he had on other drivers in the wet yeah. because people were banging – I got to say, forth. there's been a few times this year that the Aston Martin car has, like, gotten, like, banged up, but still didn't get any damage. Like, you don't there's really got to be something going on with that front end that they it's just super solid. Yeah, you don't really see it lose a whole lot of bodywork on the front arrow design. It, well, you know, strong, the way so. that where he hit a couple times, like, on the, on the, the front tires, you'd expect maybe some kind of suspension damage or something like that, you know, uh, but... It's just it's just held up. I mean, I mean, maybe that's the one part of the design that they knew is is built specifically for Lance's <laughs> driving style, because he's just gonna send it. And uh, dude, good on him, yeah. man. You have to make a move at Monaco. I think Lewis could have made a little bit better of a move off the line, and he backed out of it. He had a chance to go after uh, what was the starting grid again? I forget who he was directly behind. It was. Um, Either Esteban or Carlos. It was Carlos, and he had a he had a chance to go, and he backed out of it early, which you're seeing a little bit more of from Lewis this year. Yeah, not wanting to take as, as not, much risk. Not taking yeah. as many risks. Yeah. yeah. Um, Checo, like, what is there even to say about? I th- I don't know what he was thinking. I mean, like we said, he got distracted by the the car coming out of the pit lane. 
The second he put it in that wall, I said, that's his season. That's it. He's going to be 25 points down after this, or more than, it's an extra 25. So that puts him, I forget how many points down exactly on Max. Maybe 50. But yeah. that's his season. He's going to need two DNFs from Max in order to to bounce back. Um, yeah, He's I mean, closer, and I think he's something like nine points out. We'll check the standings points in, in a sec, but he's something like nine points out from Fernando. That's a race. You know? Mm-hmm. He finishes, what is he, behind... What are the standings? Uh, he finishes a couple places behind Fernando, and that's it. Yeah, so now he's 39 points down. From, Oh, Checo, 39 points down from Max. Yeah, he's going to need two DNFs to make that up. Mm-hmm. Or a handful of wins. Yeah, and Fernando's right there behind him. That's what I'm saying. Fernando is a race away from taking... P2 in Taking the standings. second. Let's see. Um, we're on the constructor standings because I think now after Lance's DNF, Mercedes is one point behind Aston Martin for second place in constructor. What lap did Lance DNF on? It was late, right? Later, yeah. It was maybe it was like 50, 52 or something, 60. Um, one point away. You got to say... For all their faults, Mercedes is more consistent than uh, Aston Martin. And yeah. I think it's the Lance Stroll factor. I'm here for it, though. So, um, Max sitting well comfortable out front. Alonzo, I think at one point he was he was kind of managing around like nine, ten seconds behind Max for a while. And then, uh, you know, Max just really, really uh, was able to keep those medium tires uh, in a position where he could just was was just managing out mm-hmm. into like lap, I think the it was like lap fifty four or something like that. Late when he, when he finally, I think those the tire Pirelli uh, said that those tires will last forty two laps, and I think he did an extra it, it ten went or eleven well outside the window. So Max was able to make those uh, medium tires last mm-hmm. until about lap fifty five. Went to inches. Uh, Alonzo went to Inters after the rain started. I didn't think that the rain was going to come as heavy as it did. I know, I know what you're getting at, though, with uh, Alonzo's tire change. You think you think the Aston Martin team saw what Max was able to do and and said, "Why don't Why don't we just give these mediums another shot?" Even though, no, I what I saw after the race was that um, they're in. So Alonzo came in. At a time when everyone else was taking inters, they put mediums on his car, and then one lap later comes back into the pit. They end up switching back to the inters. So he loses another extra 20 seconds there. And he finished 29 seconds down, right? Yeah. So, I mean. He would have came out a few seconds behind, a second or two, I think. Yeah. At one point, he was like 23 seconds back. So he would have been within like a four or five seconds yeah. of max and towards about the it, later stages of the race. Like Think about it this way, too. Alonzo pitted first, right? And he put those mediums on. And then Max put the intermediates. Or no, sorry. Alonzo pitted first, put the mediums on. And then Max pitted after that and put the intermediates on, right? Yeah. I was can't remember. It, exa- it was around the same time. I don't know exactly who went first. but Had Alonzo put the intermediates on when he should have? Or had they not made the mistake 
of putting the mediums on, which I don't know how you make that mistake. Had they got the intermediates on, he would have had a lap of heat in those tires on max. That's a second that's a second gain right there. It would have been a dogfight to the finish line had could have that very, could have very easily been a would have little, been a completely different race. Yeah. Instead, they end up with the mediums, they lose another 20 seconds, cold intermediate tires, that's another second right there and then just the lack of, you know, there's no point in pushing the car to its limits when you're already down 20 seconds. It's just bring the car home at that point. So there's no fight. Not to say that he wasn't, you know, pushing the pace to stay in second, but there's no fight to uh, to gain any sort of time. Yeah. I mean, he had enough of a gap in front of Esteban exactly. that it didn't That's really ruin his race, but it could have been, could have made it a little more interesting at the end. Sure. You know, so... It's kind of a bummer that that happened. Uh, so I think that's one of the few Aston Martin mistakes we've seen this year. I think ev- everywhere else they've been pretty on top of and pretty solid. And we've seen one or two because I think we've we've said that before that they haven't really had any issues. But yeah. uh, um, one of the few we saw uh, we saw Hulk get a get one of the the common penalty we've seen this year is the not performing a the, penalty the correctly, not serving your penalty correctly. He got a 10 second for that. So what was it? 15 seconds overall for him. Yeah. Not, not, not a good day for the Haas guys. Altogether. They were up and down too. <sighs> they looked like Man. they were going to put up a fight and then, you know, they, they made a few overtakes. Yeah. Each one of them had their own, you know, little points in the race where they, they overtook somebody. And then, I think it was K Mag. Yeah, they had him out on the hards for way too long. It was he's, everyone else. Everybody he was, was the on, last one, literally. Yeah. To he was he was losing like twenty seconds, twenty a seconds yeah. a lap, and he was literally just coasting at home. And then finally, on the last turn, he's just <laughs> about to make it to the pit lane, and he slides off. And not only do they now have to change the tires, they need to change spend an extra five six seconds changing the front nose wing because he damaged it in the wall. Yeah, um, my my heart weeps a little bit for Yuki. Hey, he had he, he had a great weekend. Uh, he had such a great like weekend up until like the last twenty laps of the race. He was holding it down. He was in P nine. He was in P nine. He when he got he went when he pitted for the intermediates, something went wrong mm-hmm. and it ended up being a 10 second pit stop. So that ended up putting him right with the with the both McLaren's like right on his ass. Yeah. And he was having issues with his brakes. I don't know if it's just the fact that it was wet and the inners weren't really working yet or or he really needed to be on wets or if there really was something going on with the brakes he uh was really like blaming the brakes but he ended up losing out two positions to the mclarens and ends up both mclarens both mclarens in within a lap and then ended up back in 11th again uh Right outside the points. Right so. outside the points. And that was, uh, what did DeVries finish? Did DeVries end 12th, up? I think. So his best finish of the year. Uh, wow. So good on him. Good for him. Also, I don't think, the I, I would say, not to just put this on DeVries, but like about the back eight, six, seven, eight drivers mm-hmm. where all the chaos was happening, that was just, I mean, that was a melee. Anything could have happened right there. Anybody could finish 12th, I, I feel like. Yeah, DeVries in 12th. I mean, he qualified 12th, which is, I think that's his best qualifying so Might far be. of the year. And so, I mean, I, I think Helmet and everybody back at Red Bull's got to be pretty happy with They got to pump the brakes a little bit on him. <laughs> yeah, they got to give him a, a, another couple extra races. Yeah, that'll to, buy him a little bit of time. Um, um, shouts out to Ocon. Yeah, big time. Just holding it down, did exactly what he needed to do. He just rode a clean race. Uh, 
held his position, got himself a podium. So yeah. Some great points for Alpine. Good to see another face, another new face on the podium. You know, another new team, also, and it's only his third podium, I think. So it's it, it has that fresh energy of somebody who's never been up there, mm-hmm. you know, or not never been up there, but uh, isn't hasn't seen it often, which is always nice. Definitely, very fun. Um, so do you want to touch on our fantasy and how yeah, that works? Yeah, let's get that out of the so. way. Leave this week. We were going over it. You closed the gap a little bit. I had a nice steady lead on you. I almost went with. I had it in my queue, and I didn't save it. I almost went with uh, Verstappen, Leclerc, Alonso, uh, Aston Martin, and Red Bull as my constructors. And then I also had Yuki and Hulkenberg. And I trashed it for Verstappen, Perez, Alonso, Stroll, and I think Hulkenberg. Which uh, Yeah, so, so far this year, I haven't made too many changes. Um, I've been rocking like pretty heavy Red Bull and Aston Martin, both of them as my constructor. And then I've got both uh, Max and Checo. Um, I've been running uh, Lance and uh, Alonzo and then uh, Hulk in my fifth spot. Uh, This week I swapped Stroll for Gasly, which ended up being being huge. Um, You made up. That's uh, where you really put a dent in it. So I'm up now. I got so the this old, is uh, uh, all USA races. So Monaco, Monaco. I ended up getting first this week. I got a two hundred two. Nice. Yeah, sixty three points from from Red Bull. I had Ma- uh, my DRS on Max, so I got double points. Let's go back and read the standings real quick. For the whole season, or for just you know, not for this race, just the whole season. Okay, so all races. Yeah. So yeah, you really closed the gap. I, I had a thirty-something point lead on you, yeah. and it's down to nine points. That's, I mean, I'm Checo right now. That's one race, and and I'm in I'm in the pits. So right now it stands myself, Incident, and first you, Porpoise Power Trains, and second Susie Wolf Stand Account, coming up to third. Strolling with or sorry, staying Pat in third. Strolling with my homies moves up to fourth. J Money fifth. Church of Checos moves down to sixth. Let's go full throttle. Stays Pat in seventh and KJ. One of the worst fantasy seasons, I think, in the history of yeah. sport. Has yet to break a thousand. Hasn't even broken a thousand. We're about to double up on him. Just sad. <sighs> Embarrassing. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, we have breaking news. Yeah, so after the race, I saw uh, some interesting uh, little bit of news. Apparently in 2024, Alfa Romeo has done a deal with Haas. This is not official, though. It didn't come from an official account, but it came from a pretty good source, right? Yeah, let me see here. <sighs> it's fastest pit stop on Twitter, and we've seen them with racing. Racing News 365 is what broke the, is who broke the story. So. Okay, pretty reliable. We'll see. Uh, this is so the rumor is that uh, Alfa Romeo will be a title sponsor for Haas in the 2024 season. So it's going to go Alfa Romeo Haas will be the team name. Does that mean then that prior to Audi taking over that team, that Alfa Romeo is going to leave and they're just going to go back to being Sauber? I don't know. I mean, I think that remains to be seen. Like, or they, they could have another title sponsor come in and take that spot. So mm-hmm. um, who would it be? Who wants in? I mean, and it would only be a short-term deal, right? Because in 2026, they're going to Audi. So it's like, Honda? 
<laughs> I don't know. It's, I don't it's know. really weird. Uh, I, I, it's just a title sponsor. You know, it's, it's just a title sponsor. Yeah, so I don't know. It doesn't really it matter. It could be anybody, but. It'd be fun to get, like, you know, Fiat, someone weird. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't even have to be, like, a car manufacturer. It could be yeah, just, it could just be a company. It could be just, like, Aramco or something, you know. But yeah. I don't know. Interesting, though, that they're going to be bailing out, you know, not bailing out, but buying in. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, they're going to be ending the relationship by 2026, so sure. why not just get it started now, you know? So. I, I mean, I bet you Gunther slid in, and they've been having conversations with back and forth for a while now. I love it for Haas. More money for them. Um just keep building that. It's a cool brand too, you know. Like, sure. Uh, I'd like to see an American car company title, title sponsor Haas. Yeah, be nice if it was, you know, Ford. Well, Ford is tied up with Red Bull now. It'd be nice yeah. if it was like, you know, Chevy. Yeah. I don't know any other American Saturn. Dodge. Dodge. Nah. Doesn't any any GMC. Dodge Haas. Yeah. Haas GMC. That would be, that has a nice ring to it. Could be cool. Uh, but yeah, Alfa Romeo Haas, if it's true. Remains to be seen. Um, other than that, oh, we do have another bit of breaking news. I believe it was. Let me double check just to make sure I don't get my names mixed up. Joseph Newgarden wins the Indy 500. What? Yeah. Oh, wow. Congratulations to him. Good for him. I saw it, Grosjean had a, a bad accident. Grosjean had a bad accident, and then uh, we watched the one, li- uh, not live, but just Shortly after, it shortly after it happened, um, who was it that was involved in that? The tire went flying into the yeah, it was off a, the track into it was the, a huge in the cr- track. Cr- I forget who it was. Uh, regardless, doesn't matter. Um, Joseph Newgarden wins the Indy Five Hundred. Congratulations to him. Let's do our bold prediction wrap up from last week. My Monaco predictions. Kyle Kirkwood. Sorry. Oh, it was yeah, Kyle Kirkwood yeah, yeah, went yeah. upside down. And slid for the you know the entire speed trap yeah. with his visor open. Scary moment, and then the tire went flying off into the audience. So for Monaco, I'm gonna get one point here because I had I had predicted there would be a red flag in qualifying, which we saw. Sergio uh, crashed pretty early on Q1. So and then I had Charles not finishing, which good on him for finishing. It's the first time he's finished. The first time? No, he he finished last year, didn't he? No, I didn't think so. I think he did. Did he? Yeah. Uh, that was the first time he finished, but he... I don't know about that. I think he DNF'd last year. Let me see. 2022. He DNF'd the year before. Oh, yeah, he did. Fin- he finished fourth last yep. year. Okay. So it's his second time. Um. Yeah, so I had Charles not finishing and then Carlos top five. So he each finished... Uh, oh. Eighth. So right outside. Just outside of So it. I got one point here. God, I don't think I got any again. What were mine? I don't remember. I didn't write them down. You didn't write my predictions down? <laughs> no, I thought you were writing them down. I haven't done anything for these bold predictions. I keep telling myself I'm going to. I know. No, well, my predictions, I, I remember they were Charles. Charles getting pulled pull and winning. And winning. I don't remember what my third one was. I made a TikTok about it, but. Either way, it probably didn't come true. If it did, <laughs> then on, on the back end. Once we actually tally things up, we'll uh, we'll give me that point. But we, it's probably safe to say I didn't get it. All right, so we want to make some predictions for Spain. Then let's do it. Do you have one lined up? Um, I want to say we're we're gonna see, um, just because I've been vibing with Carlos lately. Like I really feel for him. I think he's due for a great finish. I think we're gonna see Carlos Sainz back home in Spain. Uh, 
going to see him back on the podium. Okay. I like that. I'm going to say we're going to see Lewis Hamilton on the podium. <sighs> That's a pretty good one. I think Lewis is going to dial that car in. Uh, it's a more it's a traditional track, and Lewis is pretty good in Spain. If you remember last year, he was complaining about issues with the car and wanting to bin it, wanting to, to box the car, not bin it, uh, and retire from the race. And he went up from, you know, like P14 all the way like fifth or if not on the podium. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a pretty comfortable one for him. I'm going to say after the weekend, Mercedes will be in second place in the Constructors' Championship. That's a pretty good one. It's not that bold, but I do think it will happen. Yeah. Um, it's going to depend on if how Stroll does, I think. Yeah. Like he's going to be the weak link yeah. for Aston Martin. I think, I think, uh, I think Lewis is going to finish ahead of George again. Okay. Um, my third, so third, I will say. George was on the podium last year. I remember that. See, I don't think he gets it done this year. I don't. I, I think he's gonna. You know what? I'm just gonna go with my classic. George Russell makes contact. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hmm. All right. I want to do a. I want to do a rookie uh, based. Uh, Ooh. I think Piastri. Will I be knew it was going to be yeah. Piastri. Is that too? Uh, no, I just I had a feeling I was gonna I was gonna make a prediction that your prediction would be Piastri. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, up it a notch. I'm gonna say Piastri top ten. He's gonna go. he's gonna breach top ten. He's gonna get points two weekends in a row. Um, I think that is a good one. I McLaren is starting to see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel with both their guys. Yeah, they're really coming to their own. Like, I think at some point. Lando's might start worrying about, about his seat. About his, maybe I mean, not about his seat, but just like about looking good. Sure, you know, wanting to be better than your teammate. He it's should a constant I, uh, battle. But we should talk about Lando in qualifying because he actually had a pretty good qualifying. He was up there for a minute until everybody, until the track evolution really happened. When mm-hmm. you know you saw Esteban and 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 Lewis and everybody really throwing it around the track. Lando was making a pretty good showing, and he had Piastri about five places behind him. So Lando's still got it. I think it's just about letting the dog out. That's all it is. It's yeah. coming and going for him. It depends how the, like their setup goes. I know uh, he's had a couple couple issues here and there with with the car not being set up right or, or something being like he's had like brake issues. All right, I think that was Piastri last race had brake issues, but I know they've all had like some kind of issues with setup going in like qualifying or practice, which mm-hmm. ends up setting them back. So right. If I think if the team's got everything together, like they both stand a pretty good chance of getting points. So absolutely, I think that makes it for this week. That's you know? it. That's pretty. You know good. what I do want to? I want to say this. Um, I should have talked about this earlier, but in terms of Monaco as a track, what do you think? How are you feeling about it as a race? Because we did get, like we said, an amazing qualifying, but how how long is F one? going to lean on qualifying for Monaco because even in the chaos that happened with, you know, light rain into heavy rain, teams having to make split decisions, quick reaction times on whether or not you're going to go interim, you're going to go wets, you're going to stay on dries, drivers having to get a feel for what the track feels like. Even with all that, and it felt like there was an era of excitement when it happened, still not a whole lot went down. So that just goes to show you that even in chaos, Monaco is a a race. I mean, a racing, an on track racing issue. 
just for um, F1. Here's the thing, like, there's not necessarily a correlation between like number of overtakes and like and how exciting the race is, right. right? So like, for instance, the 2005 Imola Grand Prix that they rebroadcast last week was quote unquote one of the greatest races of this like you know this past like dec- two decades or whatever, right? Yeah. There's only six overtakes in that race, mm-hmm. but. The fact that Alonzo was fighting off Schumacher for so long right. made it very exciting. Right? Uh-huh. So I think there's still a possibility for these races to be really exciting and interesting, even though it's extremely difficult for teams to overtake. It just kind of brings in other parts of your strategy, right? Like yeah. making sure you're pitting at the right time, making sure uh, you know you're hitting all of your marks when you need to hit them, right? So I think. You know, there are probably are certain things they could do. I'm not a big fan of like this year's like t- the the how long the tires are able to go for. I feel like j- every race being a one stop is kind of boring and yeah. kind of like you know makes it a little more predictable in that way. But um, you know, like maybe making it so that you know to do an extra stop or something like that. Um, you know, maybe. I know teams are con- complaining about, you know, dirty air and not being able to follow behind as closely and things like that. So there might be in the future, might be able to like small changes they can make to the cars, like yeah. maybe making cars smaller or something like that. I don't know, but I'm just curious to see the fallout with, with Monaco kind of being in the hot seat for, you know, last couple of years and the foreseeable future, the next couple of years that it's going to be on the calendar. It seems like it's in a position where it might be replaced. It's been a talking point in the F1 geosphere for a while. We've talked about it. I thought this was a pretty good showing, or if people are going to see it as a good showing, um, that no matter what you do, Monaco is just going to be what it is. And and there's not a whole lot you can do to make it more exciting, which is where F1 is leaning towards a more entertainment-based platform. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think... Or what they view as what is entertaining. Like, you're talking about overtakes. Yeah, that's not necessarily, yeah. You're right. Because, I mean, the the thing, too, is, like, being it, it being so tight and and all that, It's it makes it, you know, a lot more tricky for the drivers to mm-hmm. do clean laps. And so therein, there's, like, an added, you know, a, another exciting risk that's, that's there with the track, right? Sure. Like, just. It's just something that fans need to understand is that it's more of a driver's challenge than a what's being captured in camera and, and being perceived as exciting, I guess. Yeah, and, you know, and maybe teams just need to figure out a different strategy yeah. for... Uh, It'll be interesting how uh, how they go about it. We'll see. Big ol' we'll see. Cool, well, see you next week. Yep, that has been the Into the Chicane post-Monaco Grand Prix. We'll see you guys after Spain. Peace. Peace.